You are listening to Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future with Naomi Brockwell. I'm here at the Tezos launch party with Arthur and Kathleen Brightman, who are the founders of Tezos. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Tezos, first of all, let's start with an explanation. What is it? What makes it different from other blockchain protocols? All right, so Tezos is a smart contract platform, but uh, one of the main particularity of Tezos is that it has an on-chain governance model. And so the idea is that instead of just uh, coming to consensus over the set of transactions or over the set of a contract, you come up to consensus to the entire protocol that governs the network, uh, which should in principle make it easier uh, to incorporate innovation as it happens in this field. So it makes it easier to alter the blockchain, whereas in the past, you know, blockchains haven't been able to be changed, but this provides a mechanism for that? Well, you don't want to make it too easy to alter a blockchain. I think it's very important that um, the systems are, are stable and are predictable, but you do want to have a pass towards upgrade when new technology comes around. So for example, when privacy technology is being developed, you want to be able to incorporate that technology into your, uh, into your ledger. If you have new and better ways of doing smart contracts or consensus, you want to be able to gradually move towards the the systems without requiring a lot of political coordination for that move to happen. You were recently featured on the cover of Wired magazine. It's an awesome article, by the way, and it talks about the background of Tezos. Let's talk a little bit about that, the ups and downs. Tezos itself has been doing fine. You know, the code base uh, has kept growing and getting better as the network is launched. Uh, the Tezos Foundation, uh, who did a, a big fundraiser uh, last year, did experience some issues with a, with a board member. But you know, he eventually left. Actually, and, uh, it was two board members technically, because yes. uh, you know, if we think about it, there were three board members originally. Um, one upheld his fiduciary responsibilities. One actively went against the interests of the project, and the other one let him do it. So I think you know, uh, two out of three, not a great, <laughs> not great odds. I think there was confusion among people. Uh, I used to be doing a lot of emceeing, and you'd hear Tezos come up. The media love to latch onto things, and to, you know, what bleeds leads, right? Yeah. Well, I think um, in general, it's easy to um, synonymize the foundation and the protocol. Um, hopefully, with the actual launch of the protocol um, into the wild and the beta net. Um, we'll get more of a divorce from that because you'll see that the foundation is really just one actor in a very robust um, network. And it has you know, certain advantages because it has a large war chest that has to be endowed towards this purpose, um, but it can't replicate or it can't replace, it can't buy the type of community that was established during the fundraiser. And so I think it's really important to distinguish between the two, but it was obviously very hard to do that before there was a technology to kind of uh, witness and criticize, frankly. You both come from the traditional financial sector. What made you want to enter into cryptocurrency and get involved in the first place? Um, well, I didn't want to, but it was kind of thrust upon me uh, as the Wired. Thank feature. you, Arthur. Yeah. As the Wired feature will tell you, um, Arthur brought a printout of the Ethereum source code on our honeymoon, and at that point, you know, it was a "if you can't beat him, join him" moment. Uh, True passion. Yeah. Uh, no, I've been interested uh, in about everything that Bitcoin touches for the longest time. I've been interested in the theory of money. I've been interested in cryptography and computer science and finance. So I've, I've always been interested in. Bitcoin, it was really at the intersection of uh, a lot of my uh, center, uh, centers of interest and I wanted to do something uh, and uh, Tezos seemed like uh, uh, the perfect project for, uh, for doing something in this space. And how did the idea first come up? What made you think, okay, Tezos is how I'm going to interact with the blockchain environment? Well, one thing that really struck me was um, the Zcash paper. 
So when the Zcash paper came out, I thought that this was really re revolutionary and that it was something that Bitcoin obviously needed to have. And there was a very, very lukewarm re uh, reception uh, uh, around Bitcoin, and they were like, "No, you know, we're not going to change uh, uh, the, uh, you know, the upcodes we're doing there. We're not going to change um, uh, the, the protocol. Even things like side chains, uh, which require small upcode changes, this hasn't happened." And I was, I was kind of sad to see great technology being developed, but staying on the on on the sideline or or spawning new coins as opposed to being integrated in in, uh, in in Bitcoin. And what I like with Tezos is this ability of incentivizing and creating um, uh, innovation on uh, on the blockchain as opposed to fragmentations through separate projects. We've said publicly before that apps like things that sit on top of uh, Tezos are not necessarily where our interests lie. We care more about folding innovation into the protocol itself as a first class citizen. Um, that said, there's some really cool like uh, there's some really cool things going on uh, in the Ethereum community that hopefully we'll be able to replicate with like file sharing zone and so forth. There, there are some apps, you know. There, I know a few people who are building on top of uh, of Tezos. Uh, the first ones which might actually launch, uh, I would, I would, I, and this is really just like finger in uh, finger in the wind. But maybe uh, six months out, three six months out, something like that is what I would expect for the. Uh, very first ones. There's already a few smart contracts which are out there, but they're not, uh, you know, they're not big apps or, or anything like that. You've been involved in blockchain long before Tezos and long before you started working with Arthur. And uh, what was it like transitioning and starting to work with your husband? Arthur's been a very gracious uh, person to me and a very gracious co-founder and a really great technical lead. I think that nothing really prepares you for the amount of like um, emotional compounding that this lends itself towards, unfortunately. Um, but if you have to do it, um, I think Arthur's unique in that, like, he's very low drama um, in, in general, and he's a really gracious person. But I don't know many. Uh, I don't know many people quite like him. So I think I lucked out. Um, but uh, man, it is it it is kind of like you you can't go home and say, you know, kick up your feet and kind of forget about the day. It's really hard. What are you most excited about in the future in the blockchain space? That's a very large question. There's, there's, there's many different things. I mean, on a protocol level, I think that it's still, um, we still don't have a really strong, uh, both empirical and theoretical sense of whether or not decentralized consensus is going to work. They are very, very strong forces which push towards centralization. Uh, there's a lot of proof of stake protocols coming up, and I think that uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they help uh, to decentralize things further. Uh, but it's but but it's a really tricky one to get, and I uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that in uh, in practice, like see what can be done on a consensus uh, level. Uh, in terms of uh, application, I'm particularly excited about anything that can help uh, make it easier to manage keys. Uh, right now, it's still like the edges are very very rough. Uh, it's it's people have a hard time doing key management, and so uh, better software for key management, key recovery, uh, better usage. I'm, I'm really excited about simple, uh, basic uh, problems, which I think are not being addressed, uh, as opposed to, uh, to, very, uh, to, 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 to very advanced ones. And so um, that's what I, I look forward to see, more usability uh, in the next few years. The biggest problem facing blockchain technology is that um there's a really bad user experience around pretty much even the most simple apps. Like, I know people who still get nervous when they send a Bitcoin transaction who have hundreds of millions of dollars in Bitcoin. <laughs> so that's not great. Um, so clearly there has to be some sort of middle ground and some sort of way to work through this if you want to actually, you know, popularize the technology. Um, so I think user experience would be something that um, I know a lot of people are throwing money at at least, um, but I don't know how much thought has been put into it. I hope to see a bit more testing and a bit more applications focused towards that in particular. Mm -hmm. And key management, yeah, being obviously chief among them. 
Um, even institutions with um, very sophisticated operations struggle to do that with much less, uh, much less fragile technologies. Like they don't have digital bear assets, and they still have you know these sorts of chains of custody um, falling under a lot of scrutiny and a lot of uh, a lot of hardship. Do you see Tezos as being a competitor for Bitcoin? A lot of uh, Bitcoin fans are right in some sense that um, they see that a lot of the blockchains are ultimately competing with each other. Uh, there's a tendency uh, in some of the uh, non-Bitcoin uh, chains to say like, no, it's a big blue sea and we all have different use cases. I do think there's competition. Uh, I don't think it has to be like ferocious like uh, competition. Uh, I, I think right now most of the space is expanding. It will get very, very competitive, I think, you know, 10, 20 years from now. Uh, so we, we, we're not quite there yet. Paul Graham has a really good quote that I, I bear in mind anytime um, either another project has a tremendous success or, or, or some sort of faltering, um, which is that startups don't usually compete against each other. They usually compete against people not giving a shit. And uh, to, to, to kind of support that logic, I think that blockchains, you know, they've been hyped to no end in the popular press. Um, but really what they're, what they're seeking still is, is relevancy to like the general consumer, which is ultimately what's going to um, make it a revolutionary technology. And so um, anything that kind of discredits the notion that like blockchains are going to be popular or, or going to be some sort of uh, mainstream use for either transfer of value or transfer of um, uh, information in some real sense um, is bad for the space writ large. Um, and I think it's kind of puerile to, to, kind of, uh, to kind of think that like these things are uh, competing against each other that it's a zero-sum game right now because really what it's struggling for is relevancy um, to everyone. It's exciting to see that Tezos is moving forward and you guys have been really successful already. You've had one of the largest ICOs, a lot of very smart people investing in the tech very early on. So I'm definitely keeping an eye on it and uh, looking forward to seeing what happens next. Well, thank you, Naomi. You know, we were very afraid of drawing, inviting comparison by being interviewed next to you, but... Uh... <laughs> Thanks, Naomi. <laughs> For extra material and any links mentioned in this podcast, please visit naomibrockwell.com. If you'd like to watch the video version, please visit Naomi Brockwell TV on YouTube, BitChute or DTube. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future.